we've been studying for so far. And as I want to say, and now for the rest of the story. You remember we talked about this last week. It said the gardener said, I would dig around it and fertilize. Uh, he was talking about the tree now. I would dig around it and uh, and fertilize it. And next year, if there is no uh, fruit, just go ahead and cut it down, bottom, bottom line. And that's where we're at. And God is, is trying to instruct us as he knows what we're doing. Now, we say we're living in the kingdom of God. And we know what God wants for us to do. And in order to be able to do that, sometimes he had to cut things off. You know, sometimes, and a lot of times you all, when, when God is doing uh, the cutting off of, of things, uh, we, it hurts. And sometimes, and because we're natural first, we're, we're human beings. That for, when he cuts something off that flesh, sometimes our flesh, because we ain't doing nothing. We think we're doing something. We're not doing nothing. He just go ahead and cut the whole branch off and and throw it and throw it throw it in the fire. I had an awesome little experience today. I was sitting back in the room, just kind of made it, meditating on the Lord. And the gardener came came by. She she had already texted me and said that as soon as she gets out of church, she'll be over. And uh, you know, some people have to work because you know, uh, you know, they have so many clients. She she works on Sundays. So anyway. Uh, I was sitting looking out the window, and I have this little lemon tree, and I thought she was just shaking it, and I called Kenny because I couldn't see real well. I called my grandson. I said, Kenny, what's she doing to my tree? She, he said, she's cutting off the dead branches. I've, after that, you, I felt like jumping up and running around the house. I couldn't do it because my, my, my left side ain't that good yet. But, but in my spirit, I felt so joyous because God just did a confirmation as to what he is doing in our life. He let me see that. She cut off the dead little tiny branches. I can't see them from here because uh, it's about 50 yards away from my bedroom window. But he's a strong young man. He could see. He looked at looked and said, she's just cutting off the dead branches. I thought she was just shaking my tree or something. But she was cutting off the dead branches. And see, now when, when uh, the gardener said that uh, he was going to cut the dead branches, that, that's the stuff that's in the way that's of no use. Sometimes God will cut it out of our lives, but what we want to do is go back and pick it up and attach it back. But he said, no, he's going to cut it out because there's no of non-effect to us. But because we love God and we want to be able to do things and grow, he's going to prune us. With the pruning, there's some little bit of dead stuff, little dead knobs. You got some little little spots, some little twigs that popped up and they're dead. They don't grow anywhere. And they can't produce fruit. So what he does, what the gardener does, is cut it all the way back to the little numb, a little eyelet. That's what I call it, a little eyelet. When you go and <coughs> excuse me, and look at how you prune trees, we we've talked about it enough to now to know exactly uh, uh, what it is. Now we're going to look at this several ways, you all. And today, hopefully, you will be able to take this meal. And after the Bible study, kind of chew on it and, and be able to relate God's word to uh, to yourself. Relate his word and be able to hear what God is saying to you. Now. And so we're going to look back at, at one thing. Now, like I said, most people, most churches right now is doing a fast. All, a lot of them are doing the Daniel T and fast. But again, we're going to look at fasting as part of the fertilizer that we're getting. Now, fasting, according to the Bible, means to voluntarily reduce or eliminate your intake of food. 
for a specific time and purpose. We talked about that last week. We have to be at a mentality. See, don't be at a mentality where you, you, you say, well, I can't stop eating. That means you have no self-control over your habits. It's very easy to, to not eat. It's some people, but it depends on where you are mentally and physically. Now, when you give her eating, don't put on a... The Word of God tells us when you give her eating, give up eating. Don't put on a sad face like the hypocrites. They make their faces look sad and show people they are giving up eating. And you see that a lot of times. Hopefully, we don't see that in any of us. Now, the first mentioning of the fasting was in the Old Testament. Many different kinds of biblical fasts took place according to how the Spirit of God led the people in the Bible. Uh, fasting would only, uh, would only involve the absence of certain or uh, all food or water uh, in order to spend dedicated time to prayer and reading. If you're not eating and you're not praying, you're wasting your time. You have to be in a position where when you're not eating, uh, uh, you need to be pray reading the word of God and praying. Fasting opens that door so you'll be able to hear what the Lord is saying. I want to give you a couple examples of when fast was called in the Old Testament. In Exodus 34, verse 28. If you wanted to jot it down, you can go back and read it later or read when you listen to the podcast again. It's there. Exodus 34 and 28 said, Moses fasted 40 days and nights without food or water. This resulted in hearing from God and writing the Ten Commandments. Remember when he went, he separated himself and went up in the mountains and stayed there for 40 days? The first 40 days, he'd come down and they was having them a good old-fashioned orgy. But he went down there with them. But he got so upset, he threw the tablets on the ground and broke them. Then God has sent him back up there another 40 days. Uh, look at uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel, verse seven, chapter 7, verse 6. It said, The Lord passed, uh, pressed upon Samuel to tell the Israelites to gather in Mespeth after uh, repeating, repenting to God and putting away their idols. They were told to fast for day for fast for that day for their repentance. This is First uh, Samuel seven and six when Samuel went out and told the people that lived in Mezpeth that God said for you to fast today, for you to fast today. Sometimes God whispers in our ear as an individual. May not call it corporate. A corporate fast is when you're in a church. Now, we have a group here, but I have not said that God told us to fast. I have put out what kind of fast. There's a different kind of fast that God wants us to do, and that's up to you to go in and look at it. Now, uh, now look at Esther. In Esther uh, chapter 4, verse 16. We know, all of us know the, uh, the, the story about Queen Esther. Now, Queen Esther asked that Mordecai, which was her uncle, would uh, gather all the Jews and fast along with her and her hand, handmaidens for three days without food or water. That's deep, you all. Food or water. Esther was desperate to save the Jews and her people from... Uh, uh, I'll spell it because it's hard for me to pronounce it right now with my voice. A-N-I-N-I-L-A-T-I-O-N. -A -L -L Remember the book of Esther? That old crook wanted to kill all the Jews. 
and he had gotten a decree from from the king that he could do that and that all ended. it's a good story read that read, read the book of Esther read around that that part of it that's awesome awesome work now uh, in the New Testament I got to give you that in the New Testament examples of uh, fasting in the New Testament is in Matthew 4 Luke 4 and Mark 1 Jesus fasted 40 days in the wilderness with no food, but he did drink water. Jesus did this to deny his flesh and to be able to overcome the temptations of Satan. We all know that. Go in there and read it when you got some spare time and read what he went through. And every time Satan threw something at him, he said, it is written. He knew his word. That's why it's key. I'll say vital. To know your word. Know the word of God. Just don't take what we're just teaching. Don't, don't let that be the only time that you hear the word of God. Open that Bible for yourself. Get you, get you a, a, a version that you can understand and read God's word. That's, the only, that's your, your manual. That's the only way you're going to be able to say, to be able to make it in this day of time. Another one was, uh, in Acts 10 verse 30. Acts 10 verse 30 and this is when Cornelius fasted four days for the salvation of his family remember that you all and the angel of the Lord appeared and told him told uh, him that God had heard his prayers <coughs> that God had heard his prayers I, I want to give you an example after a while now another one was Acts uh, 14 Acts 1 no, it's Acts 14, verse 23. Acts 14, verse 23. Two of the disciples, Paul and Barnabas, prayed and fasted in order to gain wisdom from God on the appointing of the elders to the churches. Think about this. They fasted and prayed to get wisdom. When you fast and you pray, God will give you wisdom. God will give you wisdom that some, sometimes you all are just sit here and boom, God gives me a thought and me, I don't have anything else to do. I just love it and I find a scripture and I post it to Facebook. I have no shame. I post it to Facebook because I'm called to teach God's word. And nowadays, most of the people that I know are either on Facebook, they're on some kind of text or whatever so they can hear what God's word is. Uh, we connect with each other. Get Galatians 5. Verse 22 and 23. We've talked about this many, many times. In the pruning. Remember, in the pruning, God prunes us. Cut off a little bit of dead, them dead seeds, them little dead sprigs that, that pops up. He cuts it off so we can produce better fruit. That's the whole purpose of pruning. To produce better fruit when the spring comes. Right now is the perfect season. You might be going through stuff and you don't know why you're going through. This is for, for you to get a knock on your head. Hard head. Listen to what's happening. God is pruning you. He's pruning you. But all this stuff that's going over and over. A lot of it keeps going over and over and over because we don't step. We don't want to change. We want to keep picking up the same vomit. We want to keep going back into the same place we were. And my Bible tells me once you sweep out a devil, he goes out roaming. And then that spirit, see how clean you are. He comes back and brings seven worst. 
seven worse demons. That's what the word of God says. So we have to be careful when God starts to prune us. When God gives us a ram in the bush and push some of that old cut some of that old stuff off and we get up and we open the door and allow that old mess come right back in again. This is going to be worse than what it was before. And uh, I'm pointing my finger. You all can't see me pointing the fingers. I'm pointing the finger because that's what the word of God said. Be disobedient to what God said and see what happened. He said they're going to come, that spirit's going to come back, that familiar spirit. Going to come back and it's going to come back, what, what the old people say, with a fierce vengeance going to come back and say, you all nice and clean and you humble, you don't, you don't start to serve in God, but that old nasty, hateful spirit that hates you going to come back in, going to come back in mild, going to come back in mild and meek, and, uh, but you can't see all the crap that spirit brings back with them, and the Bible said it would be seven times worse than what it was before. Now, I ask you all to bring that up. Five, Galatians 5, 22, 23. I read this over and over so we get it. We, we This is the fertilizer. This is the fertilizers to help uh, to help get down the word of God to get down in our souls so we, we get encouraged, we get equipped to know what God has for us, what God will do for us. That song I sent out to you all said, God, Jesus is... Yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. If you believe that, all you got, all you got to do is believe that and know that He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you comfort. He'll give you direction. But the thing is, now when we start to produce this fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Peace, when you got peace of mind, peace of mind, nobody can pay for peace of mind. When you got peace of mind in your heart, peace of mind in your head, peace of mind in your house. Peaceful, quietness. Uh, what it said, forbearance. We're going to study that one one day, but right now we're going to forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. 23 says gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I, I, I stop with the sentence now. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, ge uh, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those who are in Christ are distinguished from unbelievers, you all. And, and that they have been gifted with the Holy Spirit and enable them to bear fruit. When, when God proves us and we know that Jesus lived, that gives us access to the Spirit of God that lives in us that's able to grow. And we have the attitude of love. We show that God is love. That's bottom line. <coughs> Excuse me. God is love. And with that love of God, we have joy. We have peace. We have patience. We have kindness. We have generosity. We have faithfulness. We have gentleness. We have self-control. These are all the things that we have. Now, I, I, I want to talk about the self-control a little bit. And, and the reason I say that because we're talking about fasting. Some of us have no self-control. Not going to beat you up, but some of us have no self-control. Now, the part of the benefits of fasting is that you physically... Uh, it physically uh, gives you self, it does it like a self detox. 
We all know what detoxing is. Physically, it does a physical self-detox. And your body expels toxins when you fast. But bottom line, this is the natural things you were talking about. When you stop eating, stop drinking some of those formaldehyde, that's all sodas are, it's formaldehyde. Check it out. Know what you're drinking. All those sodas you're drinking, that's the same stuff they bomb dead people with. Formaldehyde is in those. When you stop putting that body in, putting that in your body, well, you, sometimes we have those uh, acidic, we got a migraine headache and stuff. That's the stuff you've been putting in your body. That's all the some of the stuff that you've been putting in your body. Now, another thing for another benefit of fasting is uh, your prayer life is strengthened as you discipline yourself to read the Word of God. As you read the Word of God, it's like getting you girded up. It it, it gives you reassurance. It encourages you. When you know what the word of God, it gives you the Old Testament, gives you examples and the New Testament. But I like the Old Testament examples better. Now, also what fasting does is you gain self-discipline and mental and spiritual focus. All the toxins and all that, it detox your body. And you're not control, you're not allowing food to control you. What what you're doing, uh l- let me get a little drink of water here about to choke again. <laughs> when you do not allow your mind, the food to mentally control you as to what you do and what you eat. Uh, think about it. There there are some people that can't do nothing without food. They always gotta have some type of food in this in the body. They're not able to stop eating to pray. I, I, it's self-control that I call it self-will when you're not in charge of your own self-will that is a scary thing with the Holy Spirit once we accept Jesus he said he's going to send us another come. that means the Spirit of God lives in us you all when the Spirit of God lives in us uh, he, uh, he helps us he gives us directions he, the Spirit of God is not going to control you, take over. That's not how it works. God gives each and every person a choice. He gives each and every person the ability to control your own mind, the will to control your own mind. Now, when you fast, one of the things that will happen for a fact, you will begin to hear God's voice more clearly. That was one of the major benefits of, of God's word. And I'm gonna read this story to you and it's for a purpose and I want I want us to listen to what I'm saying and be able to apply it to your life or just listen listen to it. And this is in First Kings twenty two if you want to get that. First Kings twenty two. First Kings twenty two and I'm going to have to get myself situated here. But anyway, I'm going to start reading it. First King 22 says, For three years there was no war between uh, Aram and Israel. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel. The king of Israel has said to the officials, Don't you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us, and yet we are doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram? Listen, 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 y'all. So, verse 4 says, So he asked Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight against Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Verse 5 said, But Jehoshaphat also said, uh, The king of Israel first seek the counsel of the Lord. 
But Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, First, seek the counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, Shall I go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they answered, for the Lord will give it unto the king, uh, will give it to the king's hand. Verse 7 said, But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? The king of Israel answered, Jehoshaphat, there is still one prophet through whom we can inquire of the Lord. But I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me. <laughs> I hate him because he don't prophesy nothing good about me, but always had bad. He always, always, but always bad. He is Micaiah, the son of Ilam. I, I am L-A-H. The king should not say such a thing. This is what he said. He said to Jehoshaphat, he said, the king should not say such a thing. Uh, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, bring Micaiah, son of uh, Amlah, at once. Dressed in their royal robes, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance of the gate of Samaria, with all the prophets prophesying before them. Think about it. I don't know how often you all look at the internet, or even I don't. I don't know the level of your church or the level of your fellowship where there's people actually prophesying. Do you go to conferences where people always prophesy? I call it prophet lying, prophesying. But anyway, not now. Uh, Zedekiah, son of uh, Kaniah, had made iron horns, and he declared, "This is what the Lord says." With these you will gore. Wait a minute. Let me go back. With these you will gore the Armenians until they are destroyed. That means you will kill them till they destroyed. You hit on them. You you beat them till they destroyed. All the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Attack Ramoth Gilead and be victorious. They said, for the Lord will give it unto the king's hand. The message you had gone. The messenger had gone to summon Micaiah and said to him, Look, the other prophecies without exception are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what the Lord tells us. So they sent for the prophet, God's prophet. And he said to them, I can only tell you only what the Lord tells you. We have that opportunity by reading God's word, and we, we believe it or not with God's word, or for prophet, teacher, whomever come. If we know the word, we know whether or not they're true or are or, or they one of the fakes one. Down to verse 15 said, When he arrived, the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against uh, Ramoth Gilead or not? Attack and be victorious, he answered. For the Lord will give it unto the king's hand. The king said to him, How many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then Micaiah answered, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without shepherd. And the Lord said, These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. 
Verse 18, the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that he never prophesied anything good about me? Y'all listen to what, what this verse said. The kings of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that he never prophesied anything good about me, but only bad? Micaiah continued, Therefore he hear, therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne with all the multitudes of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab? And to attack the Ramoth Gilead and go into the death of there. One suggested this and another suggested that finally the spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And what, what was that said? I will entice him. Uh, my, my question to you today, put this in your child and think of it. Are you able to tell the difference between your spirit and the Holy Spirit? Are you able to hear what the Lord is saying? A lot of times when we're so enticed with familiar spirit, that's the fleshy spirit that's speaking to us. It's not always the spirit of the Lord. It's not always the spirit of the Lord that, that's saying, saying to you. Because of who God is, you all, because of who he is, I, I, I wanted to give you this. And we're, we're actually about, good, about done. I want you to be aware of the voices of a familiar spirit. And familiar spirits are deceiving spirits. And when you get deep enough, you can go look it up. It's a Leviathan spirit. It's a lion spirit. It, it makes you comfortable because you know the person. You figure that, that they must be from God. God said it. But when we know the word of God, we know the difference between right or wrong. When you know the word of God, we just we're just not hearers of the word. We're supposed to be doers of the word also. If you're living in the kingdom of God, you have to be a doer also of the word. Now in Acts two and seventeen, and this is final, Acts in two and seventeen. Acts two and seventeen said, uh, in the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. What? I'm going to read that again. In the last day, Acts 2 and 17. This is the day we're in now. We're going to call it the last day, but this is in the present day. The word of God said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dream. Where do you fit in? Which one are you in this? Are you able to dream? Do you get into dreams? Do you get into visions from God? Are you a dead branch? Are you dead? When we look back three years ago, I could easily look back three years ago and see where I was three years ago. And where I am today. Uh, I, I, and I, I put a challenge out to each and every one of you. Are you, are you getting any dreams? Are, are you getting any visions? Are you seeing anything from God? Uh, are you seeing anything new? Uh, 